0: just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951 684 7011. Today, we're talking about college, paying for college, going to college. Oh, that's right. I'm done with it. You're done. Hey, yeah, you should be excited. <laughs> but talking. you still have I, a whole bunch.
1: I have four children, and we'll see. So, today, we're talking about kind of the, the traps. I mean, we're, we're in August here. And so, as people are getting ready to send their their students back to college, um, what are some of the traps? What are some of the things that people have to be careful of? What are some of the opportunities in the financial perspective? What yeah, can you it, do to tune this up? But kind of before we jump into that, we kind of had a, a a thought, and I think just as a good thought for him was
0: like, you know, is college even worth it? Right. Yeah. You know, what what is what's the cost benefit? Yeah. And tuition, and and tuition is just part of it. You got if they go if they live on campus, they got room and board. You got travel if they're out of the area. If they're in state, out of state, public school, private school. Uh, yeah. These are questions that need to be answered because but, it's a big deal. Yeah, and some of it, which we've talked about before,
1: I mean, some of college is just expanding your thinking. Right. You know, general ed courses, people, you know, reading Plato for the first time or Rousseau or something like that. Like they're just simply expanding their- R- Rousseau. <laughs> <laughs> the French philosopher on oh, political structures God. of how we organize. It. Um, <laughs> the But part of it's just expanding your thinking, right? And that, that's some of the value of college. Some of it is specific to a trade. You know, I would not be able to be an attorney if I didn't go to law school. Right. Um, th- th- that's part of the, the process.
0: You couldn't be a dentist without going to dental yeah. school. so some of it, right? it Things leads like that
1: directly into a career that's gonna make you ideally, you know, more money than it costs to do that. And then the third piece is is kind of just the social development. I mean, being out on your own at that age, uh, interacting with friends, not being, I mean, depending on what high school you went to, there's a lot of people who came out as a valedictorian, kind of a big fish in a small pond. They jump into these major universities and realize everyone, was a valedictorian. They're all four point plus, yeah. Right? And, and then you know, having to, to to find yourself and find your own footing in a new environment, um, is useful. So I think there's, there's 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 more, but those are three really good values of college. However, there's other people that go to college and don't really expand their thinking, and yeah. they don't have a, a a clear career path.
0: Yeah, I, I mentioned to all my my children. I said college is a very expensive place to experiment. Mm. And again, you want to have the experience of the education. You want to grow and such. But to be bouncing around and changing your majors, particularly in your third and fourth year, it's horribly expensive. And that's why most students now go to five years. I mean, it's five years to get your degree. And I was fortunate that all three of my children, they got through in four. And uh, they all took a different path. And they all, um, I guess the best way to say that is that the conversation that we started with with our children is that we started when they were in high school. And we're not mm-hmm. talking their senior year. We're talking more like sophomore, junior year, really trying to do aptitude, understanding what their skill sets were and what would college benefit them moving forward, right? Yeah.
1: And you, some of your kids, you have three children. Some of them went to private schools. They some did. of them went to public, public schools. schools. Some of them kind of weave through schools, you know, to kind of right. get through the whole thing. And you know, I have four children all below college age, but I anticipate a similar thing that these conversations. So that's probably a good you know transition point to say some of the things that we, you need to consider when sending your kids to college. And one I, I think is you talked about having it earlier is just a conversation about expectations with your student. Right. And even if it's their second or third year in college, but having or if it's two years before college, the expectations of you know working hard, the expectations are they going to also have a job during school. Who's going to pay? What's for the what? budget?
0: What's the budget going in? Right? Yeah. Is,
1: is there even a budget? Right. Yeah. Um, right. I, I imagine a lot of people just have access to a credit card, and then it just creates strife to say, "Well, why you have a meal plan? Why are you eating out at Subway when I gave three you three times, times a plan? week? Right? Or you know whatever it may be. Why'd you go to a fancy restaurant? You right. did not do anything fancy. You're in college. You know, those conversations to have them on the back end is a lot of stress and turmoil. But to have them. Before, like the way that, you know, for me personally, the way my parents structured is they were, I went to a state school and they were willing to pay for, able to pay for my tuition, but I had to figure out room and board and living. And so I, I worked. So that, so
0: your experience was, okay, mom and dad is going to pay for my books, my, you yep. know, my units. But other than that, yeah, but they'll write the big check that goes to the school, right? And But after that is, right. if you lived on campus, you'd have to pay for that. If yep. you lived off campus, you'd have to pay for that. Yeah. Whatever I mean, yeah, that, and that, that was our your expense, arrangement. Right?
1: And whether that is a good or bad arrangement, I think the clarity was really useful. You know, my parents were able to say, "Here's what we'll provide or able to provide, and here's what we expect." If you want to do this, this is what you right. need to bring to the table. And it was I knew that I had to work through school. I knew you know what that was going to be, and my living expenses were my own budget. And so if I was making X amount of dollars through waiting tables or I did some soccer coaching, you know, whatever I did to get through the different years. Um, I knew that, that those ends had to meet, so I had to live on a budget. So the first one I think is just having good expectations. Right. The second is is just really adding up the costs, and this is probably the difference between a first year uh, parents with a, a freshman and parents with a say a junior in college. Mm-hmm. Of you know you know what room and boards, or you know what uh, tuition is going to be, you know what your books are likely going to be.
0: Now again, let's kind of back up. Now there's a lot of, and this is really unfortunate that a lot of students don't know the, the scholarships and grants yeah. and the merit, uh, scholarships. In other words, uh, you don't know that until you've actually applied and almost to the point of entry. And that's hard for, that's hard for plan if you don't know those numbers. Right. Yeah, And
1: some of those scholarships are national, but you right. can apply wherever you go. Right. There's a number of scholarships right. that are, are simply to that school. You know, someone gave an endowment for students who are, you know, of a certain major or a certain background, you know, that, that only they get to apply to those. So getting into a school and starting to apply for that school specific aid is, is key. But also knowing, you know, if you take a class that has a lab, uh, like a biology class, sometimes there's a lab fee, right. an extra 300 bucks or something. And part of the issues is is just knowing the actual costs. And often when you're looking, you're looking at a school, the costs that the parents are looking at for the freshman year are actually probably too low. There's a little bit more of, of just cost. You know, you you may have a meal plan, but your kids may find that they eat out at the at the local cafe, you know, more often than they thought they would.
0: And that's become part of their social network. I mean, it's people yeah. that they interface with, and it's not, and sometimes it's more than just having a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. And, uh, Yeah, study groups. You yeah, stay out late sure. and
1: get coffee. The other yeah. one that is good to kind of consider is, um, your student's account, um, your, their, their tuition, their loans. Like when students turn 18, there's no longer a, um, uh, assumption that the parents have full access to all these things, and you know, we we're, were just talking beforehand. I, I don't
0: remember if my parents had access directly to my, yeah, my student account. Yeah, mine didn't, and, I, and I'm going back decades before you. But um, you know, I think my parents did the same thing that you that you're talking about. They paid for the tuition, they paid for the you know the basics. Everything else, I mean, I had to get a job on campus in order yeah. to pay for some of my other extracurricular stuff.
1: And for a parent to be able to look in and say. Hey, the tuition was paid. We have confirmation of that. And mm-hmm. oh, we realize there's three loans that are available. but We decided not to take them. Or this is what the grades were last semester. You know, those items, um, I my understanding is that those can all be made available to parents. And I think it's a great one to have that right. visibility so that you can have those appropriate conversations with the kids. Cause I mean a risk there also is if if everyone's making it, right? If if you're you're paying the bills, you're paying tuition, everything's working out, but you're offered some of these loans do you take them do you not and that's that's a big scary question with all it, sorts of implications it is it's a
0: horrible it's it's a horrible dilemma because if you have a child that's been accepted to a very good school and they're they're good academically and they're a good child you want to reward their behavior and you want them to do well in school but parents have this daunting um amount that they have to deal with yeah. i mean private school out of state is it's an enormous amount of yeah. money. Well, one the articles you for... read,
1: just ballpark, it could be three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. to get a kid through school, um, and for a parent to say, "Where am I going to come up with three hundred thousand yeah. dollars?" And the reality is, I, I found for most of our clients we work with, you know, there's earnings along the way. Right. There's the kids can work. There's some scholarships, hopefully some grants, and there's also some loans. But but a key item that, that parents this is one of the traps that we'll talk about. Um, is is pulling out retirement money to say, well, we're almost going to get it. I got to pull from my retirement, or I got to take on these parent plus loans. And it,
0: <laughs> that's where you sit down and do the financial planning. This is why it's critically important that way before the child enters school. Because we've had, I've had, we've had clients who have called us up at the last minute and yeah. say, "I need twenty thousand, I need thirty thousand dollars." I'm going. This is way too late. We should have been talking about this, and we have, but it's been a reluctant conversation because. The child kind of drove the discussion and they said, this is what I want. And the parent kind of succumbed to it. And they mm-hmm. just, I went, this is not the right yeah. partnership. Well, and
1: I like that word partnership. It's huge to say that the kid, the child, and the parents are basically taking on a partnership to get through the university. And it's not a mommy and daddy paid for my school. Right. Um, but and it, that may be the outcome, but the partnership aspect is, I think, key to say, okay, we are, we are working together as a family unit. To move this child forward right. that might financially involve them working it might not it's definitely gonna involve them working hard in their classes
0: you mm-hmm. know of, of you know trying to do academically well um so the balance is really important and i yeah. think it's what's what's critical in the planning stage is that we sit down and determine from the parent standpoint how much money have have they started at 529. now again in your junior or senior year that's too late yeah. you should have started when the child was first born, yeah. uh, just to give you an idea, uh, my oldest grandchild, we started setting aside a hundred dollars a month into a five twenty nine. There's advantages of five twenty nine. We can talk about that on an individual basis, but we just felt as that's our that's kind of our gift to our granddaughter, and she's now entering entering into college. That that hundred dollars a month is going to pay for almost her first year. Wow and um uh, she's
1: going to a private university you know, she's he, going to
0: a private school in state but uh with the grants and the other awards and other things that's the merit merit scholarships she got that plus the contribu- you know the distribution from the 529 she's going to get through her first year right. and it's all going to be paid for That's great
1: and so the thing of her parents and her direct parents to say you know it wasn't you know, a, a daunting four years just became a three years right you know and you know knowing that that child you know she'll probably be working at times and it, 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 yeah yeah, it, it's a huge, I think, benefit then to to think early, right? And that didn't even come from her
0: parents. You know, that was from a grandparent right. planning. You know, and well again, you know, because I you know, my life is finance. Yeah. So <laughs> I started looking at the the cost of education. And I put three, you know, I, I made a large contribution to all three of my children in their schooling. So I know what the cost and that had gone up significantly yeah. every year, it seems like it just it is it's higher than inflation. It's just the cost of education. And depending upon where the child goes, um, I mean, the causes can be just overwhelming, yeah, right?
1: That's right, that's right. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. We have some you know, traps and opportunities as, right. as college comes up. So come back, we'll finish this conversation.
0: 8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.
1: AM590, the answer.
0: Welcome back. Uh, We're talking
1: about college and uh, kind of the dynamics of that. And so we're going to move on to a little bit of the traps and the
0: opportunities. Traps and opportunities. Traps I think are really important, because yeah. obviously a trap is something you don't see or don't recognize yeah. until after it's happened, right? right
1: yeah, so some of the first ones is when you, when you send your kid off to college, they're great, they're excited, they're moving into their dorms, they're doing these things, and a trap is not having any sort of budget or not having any sort of tracking of expenses. Just, there's a pool of money here, I hope it's enough. I hope it works out. And I feel like that's kind of a, a fear-based mindset, not wanting to get into the details, Because I don't know if the ends are going to meet and I don't want to know that, you know, versus, you know, shifting that from that kind of fear mindset to, we'll talk about this a few times, but kind of the opportunity of this is the first time for a lot of folks where that child is out of the house. They're more responsible for their own finances, their own, you know, uh, know, getting food, going to class, all those things. It's really a great opportunity to help teach them about money. Uh, whatever they've learned through high school, it's a new thing. And so I always see the idea that people, you know, kids are on their phones, they're going to pay friends through their phones, they're probably going to pay at stores through their phones. And just leaning into that, not saying, you know, here's a paper budget, I need you to fill this out, but rather saying, you know, what apps are out there that will help you track your spending, Mm -hmm. help you track your budgeting? Like a mint is a great one.
0: Yeah. And again, uh, kids now have so much more information in their hand with the phone. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't have that when i was going through yeah. mine was all you know pin on paper yeah. which but. which is
1: a great way to do it but i think with kids these days kids these days you know, <laughs> they, they may lean into the, the technology aspect of it. so you know in there's a few other there's a number of apps that will track stuff mint is one we use as well that you can link your credit cards and debit cards and all the bank accounts to one app mm-hmm. and it will auto categorize your spending this is food this is entertainment this is you know fuel um, and, and allowing a kid, in a in essence, in a safe environment, to say, okay, month by month, you've got X amount of dollars to to deal with. How are you, you know, month by month, or quarter by quarter, semester by semester, how it's broken down? But to really view that not as something to shy away from a budget, but to say this is their probably their first real opportunity to really lean into a budget. Mm-hmm. And with some, you know, it's easy for them to to fail in a safe environment. If they run out of money three days before the end of the, the month, you know, mom and dad can you know, give them an extra forty bucks. Rather than them being laid on their rent and getting kicked out of their apartment right. in real right. life, you know, um, so it's it's a great moment, it's a good opportunity. So the first trap I think is no budget, no tracking expenses, just hoping for the best.
0: And you need to review that periodically. It's not out at the beginning. I would think that either you know every two or three months or whatever, you just have a conversation, saying how are you doing, what's going on, and you get kind of a, a clarity yeah. as to the spending and uh, the income that's coming in or however that how whatever the resource is for that. Right? Yeah, that's great.
1: The second is I think parents just pulling money from retirement, um, qualified retirement accounts because they're not sure what else to do.
0: Oh my goodness, right. so expensive. If you're below age 59 and a half, that becomes so expensive. You yeah. can borrow in some cases from like a 401k plan or a 403b, but you still have to pay it back. And it just adds an incredible amount of burden on yeah. top of a family. And
1: that, even that, that comment, there's a number of layers here. So number one worst idea <laughs> is just take out more than you absolutely need. Just take out a big lump sum from your retirement oh saying, ah, I'm probably going to need about 50 grand. I'll just pull out 50 grand today. Just pull the whole thing out. Well, if you're under 59 and a half, you're going to get taxed on that money because it becomes taxable income to you. So add on on whatever And then you if
0: you're be below age 59 and a half, there's an excite, there's a penalty.
1: There's a 10% penalty on top of that. On top of that. And so if you're in the 20%, we'll just pick a 20% tax bracket, plus the penalty, that's a 30% of that money that just disappeared mm-hmm. before it even gets to your account. Yep. And your retirement may or may not be suffering. So that's the first, you know, bad choice. The, the one that's just below that, I say, I'm going to take a loan. You know, you don't hit the penalties, you don't have the tax impacts. It's just a loan from your own four one k. When you pay it back, that interest goes back into your own account. So there's some. It's it's a better move. The concern is if you change jobs, if you um, just don't
0: pay it back, and you can't you can't borrow from your IRA. So if you have an IRA, and there's a lot of retirement plans that you can't borrow from. Yeah. So, and the pay, the repayment is pretty steep. You have to pay it back within basically about 60 months. Yeah, five years is a
1: general idea. So you have to start making payments of that. And, and the key thing is if you were to change jobs in that time, you usually have to pay it back entirely. Right. So that'll put you in a big buy. And if you don't pay it back, it counts as a distribution. The, the, the third comment I guess I'll make on that is for most people who have in their head, I'm just going to take a big lump sum out. Um, when you really sit and look at the details, there's other options there, mm-hmm. and and one option even just being take what you absolutely need if that's mm-hmm. the only way to pay that twenty uh, you know five thousand dollar bill or twenty thousand dollar bill for that semester, if you have to have maybe take that, but don't take a big chunk just because right. you want to sit there. Right. Maybe. So that that's a trap uh, for sure, and we can talk more about that with individual people. Um, the other one is is financial aid. A lot of colleges will offer you financial aid,
0: and this is a big deal. And you want to get as much information. In fact, we have a book, a recommendation. Um, there was a book, an article that we read, it's called The Price You Pay for College. It's by Ron Lieber. Now, I personally haven't read this book, but I've read commentary on it. And I've read some excerpts from it. And it's current. That, that's what I like about it. this is current. But one of his comments in there, he says, whatever the tuition is on public schools, he said, typically what you end up paying is about 52% of that. Hmm. So because with all the aid and the grants and the scholarships and all the merit, you know, the merit things that come in, Typically it's a lot less. So whatever you see, and we have we have software, we sit down with clients and we have software we can plug in and get an idea of what college, no matter where the college is, out of state, in state, public, private, and get an idea of what that cost is right. going to be. And we put an inflationary factor out. So we get we get a pretty good right. idea of what it is. And that, that's the the target. And then to say, and I think that's a great comment to say most people don't actually
1: pay that big number. Right. There's there's merits, there's scholarships. The concern that I think the trap for folks is they get in there and hey, they're offering us this 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 grant or this this uh, scholarship. Should we just take it just so we have it? Right. And there's some wisdom is it's it's case by case. There's some wisdom saying hey, we might need the money. Let's take it. The trap is that you take the money you maybe didn't necessarily need, but you actually spend it on things you didn't need. Also, right. right. You it kind of gets mushed away to say where did that really go? Well, I, I guess we you can't track it. I ate out more than I thought. And I used yeah. that money for that a little bit, or I got new clothes. And and so that is the risk. You've taken more loans than you really needed to because then when you graduate, that bill, you know, that bill becomes due either to the parents or the children, um, now young adults, and and they have to carry that forward. Uh, So that's the other trap. I think that this this last one here for traps is uh, just interesting is is apartment and living. A lot of times when... kids are living there in, the, in the dorms, but they'll move out into apartments. Mm-hmm. And often they'll figure out themselves, they'll negotiate leases, they talk kind of, with it's, landlords. It's kind of like
0: growing up a little bit. Yeah, huh? which is important, right? important right.
1: to let them do that. But there's also a comment to saying, you know, a parent or a family friend who's an attorney or a real estate agent, just to take a little once over the lease, you know, just take a little look at it <laughs> and, and make sure to say, okay, what is the, is the child gonna come home for the summer? And they need to keep their apartment, or are they gonna try and get out of the lease of the summer? What if they find a better apartment? What if uh, you know? Is there a security positive? What's, what, what's the uh, yeah? What what is it that you need to know that are the negatives? Yeah, and some parent who's been through you know ten different leases in their life would have a much better sense than someone's doing their very first lease. So that's right. a, one just to look at is, is leases. A couple of opportunities we wanted to to mention. I we mentioned it once before. Is for most college students this is their their first best opportunity to really get some healthy money habits. Right, and so for parents not to view it as you know this high stress. Horrible moment of you know angst of money and almost mm-hmm. imparting part, their money angst onto the kids, but to really try and let them start fresh with a healthy perspective of that money is a resource and money is a tool, and we need to be stewards of it. And mm-hmm. how can we best do that? Mm-hmm. And helping them create a budget that sure. makes sense for them, you know, has some hangout with friends money in there, you know, things like that, and and then empowering the kid to track it, to you know, develop some healthy habits, and even savings in the midst of college. To say what what savings account does the kid have, and most people think, well, there's no savings; they're paying, but they need an emergency fund. They need yeah, a backup
0: plan. In the attitude of working, either on campus or off campus, um, there's a lot of opportunity, particularly right now. I mean, if you're going to school, uh, unemployment is 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 at a very very low ebb, so there's going to be jobs that are available, whether it be restaurants or fast foods or whatever. I think I think um, it's it's interesting that there should be a desire. For the child, the student to make some money. I think Mm -hmm. that's really important. Mm -hmm. And they put that in their account and they manage it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, first of all, they get a realization of taxes. So, so if you make $20 an hour, what you actually get in your bank account is not 20, it's probably closer to 15.
1: Yeah. Well, it's good. Like you said, a student coming out of college saying, Hey, I got this new job, Dad. I'm going to make (laughs) $40,000, which seems incredible, incredible. right? That's a huge amount of money. And then realizing after you pay taxes, okay, okay, it's not quite as exciting as I first thought it was. <laughs> Dad, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish school like we thought, talked about and I'm gonna get a job that pays. right them. on. It. Yeah. And I think that's a key aspect of of letting them feel some of that weight. There's also an element to say encouraging them to work hard in their studies of if you need if the parents, you know, looking at each kid, okay, I need to take some of that burden off to allow them to just focus on studies. But for a lot of kids it it's it's both. And life
0: is all of that, right? You're, yeah, you're doing a lot of stuff. It really is. So again, preparation for college should not be a moment just before they enter into school. It should be a time that you you really do some plannings and some tr- and, and talking with your, your child, but also getting an idea of what these costs are and how you're going to pay for them. Yeah, This is planning. This is the process of planning, right? Yep. Education planning is a big deal. If you missed any part of this conversation,
1: you can find it on our website, tricordadvisors.com. You can also find us on YouTube.
0: Until next week, folks. May you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through TriCourt Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health, and like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns,
1: help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org.
0: Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.